Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever it is y'all are up to today. We're going to take one of our little walks, saying walk out in the pasture today. No dogs or cats or anything. We got a lot of background noise, though. I'm sure y'all can hear some of it. People are out on the roads today. Turkeys, the guineas have been especially loud today and the wind is blowing a little bit. Hopefully that doesn't bother y'all too much. As always, I would be remiss if I didn't tell y'all thank you for giving me a little bit of your time. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast with others and help it to grow, thank you so much. I'm very grateful and humbled by that. So we're going to go ahead and jump in. Excuse me. We, uh, I'm going to start with something steal a little bit from my pastor uh, from this weekend, from Sunday. He made the comment about, we, we went through our reaffirmation of baptism and communion and a couple other things, and, and he got to talking a little bit. And he said, you know, one of our great tasks, I think he broke it down into three parts of commands that Jesus gave to his followers is the first one was come unto me. And actually, I think I got this from our children's message. It's always good to listen to the children's message, folks. You never know what you might stumble across. said, come unto me. That was the first one. Second one was follow me. And the third one was, go ye, right? Telling his disciples to go and make disciples of all the nations. And I really latched onto this, folks, because as we talk about often on the podcast here, the only thing that is going to really save our nation is turning back to God as we the people which is because that's where we started from. And and so as as a Christian, right, we have a responsibility. Those of us that believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and accept him as our Lord and Savior, we have a responsibility to go and tell others that third command, go ye to tell others about Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility to do that, to spread the good news, as my pastor said this weekend. And one of the things at another church my wife and I went to years ago that the pastor said often was he always wanted his... That wind picked up quite a bit. He always wanted his Sunday morning messages to be Monday morning relevant. And I may have used that on here before. I'm not sure. But if that makes sense, he wanted whatever he taught. He felt like if a church was really doing its job, if a pastor was really doing his job, then the message that he taught on Sunday ought to be applicable to life Monday morning. And so this message about go ye for Christians, I think is easily translated to American society, 
and and this is the point, folks. We have a responsibility as people who love America, regardless of if we profess faith in Jesus Christ or not, which as always, folks, I would highly recommend to dig into if you have not. But I know there's some people here that listen to the podcast that don't, and that's fine. Either way, folks, we have a responsibility to spread the truth about the history and heritage of our country. And particularly, we have a responsibility today to push back on this totally false narrative of separation of church and state. And there was something that just happened last week, folks. It was a commentary made by one of our Supreme Court justices, Sotomayor, I think. And she made a completely boneheaded and false statement about COVID deaths or COVID something. I don't even remember what it was. It was in reference to the vaccine mandate. And people got all up in arms about it. And that's fine. You should expect somebody on the Supreme Court to not make foolish, rash statements. But it just goes to show, folks, that the Supreme Court has made some horrible decisions, particularly over the last 50 plus years. And and arguably the greatest one, even more than Roe v. Wade, because this really led to Roe v. Wade, was separation of church and state. It was never meant to be that. Nothing like what they've turned it into. And so, and we talk about this often, we'll continue to talk about it. It's just, it's ludicrous to look at the founders, commentary, their words, the way they voted, and try and say that they did not want God intimately involved in our institutions. And so we have a responsibility to push back on that. And one of the ways we do that, maybe the primary way we do that, is by spreading the truth. And so today, what we're going to go through is we're going to read a little bit. Again, folks, I tell you these sources often because they're so great. And one of the one of the best sources, bar none, that I use. Well, that wind is just, I hope that's not bothering y'all as much as it's bothering me walking through it. <laughs> is America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations. If you don't have a copy, I, I can't recommend that. I would recommend the Patriots Bible first. But then this is, this is a close second. And we're going to read a little bit out of it today. And you'll see how this ties in to what I started with. Continental Congress. September the 6th, 1774, made their first official act, a call for prayer, as reported in the journals of the Continental Congress. First official act, folks, folks, very first, of the Continental Congress, not of some random group of people at home in their closets by themselves like the left would like you to have, they try and want you to believe today. The very first act was prayer, and not prayer to Allah, uh, not prayer to a Buddha god or Hindu or Mother Nature or atheism. It was a call to prayer to God the Father of Jesus Christ, Christian. That is what this nation was born as. This is the very first official act of the Continental Congress. 
And anything other than that that people tell you is either out of gross ignorance or malevolence, folks. One of those two. So this was at Carpenter's Hall in Philadelphia. That was where the Continental Congress met. And I don't know how much we're going to get of this today, folks. Uh, I was going to try and tie this into the Great Awakenings a little bit, because that's really what we've got to have before Trump or Biden or Republicans or Democrats or, or anything else, folks. We have got to turn back to God, as we have multiple times throughout our nation's history when things got really bad. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if we're going to get there. So they, they, this call of prayer they enacted just after receiving news that British troops had attacked Boston. And so a little bit here, Tuesday, September 6, 1774, resolved that the Reverend Mr. Dutch, if I'm saying that right, be desired to open the Congress tomorrow morning with prayers at Carpenter's Hall at 9 o'clock. So, Continental Congress, September 7th, 1774. So the next day, as recorded in the journals of the Continental Congress, invited Mr. Dutch to open the first Congress in Carpenter's Hall, Philadelphia, with prayer. Wednesday, September 7th, 1774, 9 o'clock a.m., agreeable to the resolve of yesterday, the meeting was opened with prayers by the Reverend Mr. Dutch, voted that the thanks of Congress be given to Mr. Dutch for performing divine service and for the excellent prayer which he composed and delivered on the occasion. This is a letter. If you haven't, there's a book out there. I think the guy's name is Ellis, wrote a book about the letters between John and Abigail Adams. They're just phenomenal, folks, if you haven't. It's a pretty short book, really, and it just kind of goes back and forth, their correspondence. And if you haven't had a chance, I would strongly make, recommend looking into it. This is a letter to his wife, Abigail, from John Adams. When the Congress met, Mr. Cushing made a motion that it should be opened with prayer. It was opposed by Mr. Jay of New York and Mr. Rutledge of South Carolina because we were so divided in religious sentiments, some Episcopalians, some Quakers, some Anabaptists, some Presbyterians, and some Congregationalists, that we could not join in the same act of worship. Mr. Samuel Adams arose and said that he was no bigot and could hear a prayer from any gentleman of piety and virtue. Who's at, who was at the same time a friend to his country. He was a stranger in Philadelphia, but had heard that Mr. Dutch deserved that character, and therefore he moved that Mr. Dutch, an Episcopal clergyman, might be desired to read prayers to Congress tomorrow morning. The motion was seconded and passed in the affirmative. Mr. Randolph, our president, bailed on Mr. Dutch and received for answer that if his health would permit, he certainly would. Huge point here, folks. Huge, huge, huge point. Because, again, the left has twisted the First Amendment to mean something it never did. Uh, First Amendment was never written, as we've talked about, uh, and we've quoted Fisher Ames, who actually gave the wording for the First Amendment, as opposed to all the people that you hear today trying to sound like experts. The First Amendment was never intended to elevate other religions with Christianity. Folks, you can't pretend that all religions are created equal because they're not. And that's not logical because each religion in and of itself claims that they're right. 
So you can't equally believe that all religions are correct. And our founders certainly did. The divide here, the interesting thing is the divide here was not between Christians and non-Christians. The divide was between different sects of Christianity, which is why the First Amendment was written. Our founders didn't want our country to be divided, and they didn't want any different denomination to receive special attention that the others did not of Christianity. And, you know, our founders were extremely farsighted on a lot of things, folks. Um, but this is one of the few issues that, that they probably just couldn't. They were human. They were fallible. Uh, going back and doing it again, if they could see the destructiveness of the modern American left and how far we have fallen as a nation, they probably would explicitly talk about in the First Amendment that it was referring to different sects of Christianity, not to all not not trying to make all religions equal. Certainly, as I've said numerous times on this podcast, you do not have to be a Christian to be an American. You can be Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, atheist, right? Whatever else, but. For the country to function, we have to follow the principles of Christ, and that has to be ingrained in our institutions, particularly our education of our youth. And that's where the left has really done a lot of damage today, uh, quite knowingly, I think, for most of them. But you can make that decision on your own. So we'll keep going here. Accordingly, next morning, the Reverend, Mr. Dutch, appeared with his clerk and in his pontificate pontificals, I don't know if that's right, and read several prayers in the established form, and read the collect for the seventh day of September, which was the 35th Psalm. You must remember, this was the next morning after we heard the horrible rumor of cannonade of Boston. I never saw a greater effect upon an audience. It seemed as if heaven had ordained that psalm to be read on that morning. After this, Mr. Dutch, unexpectedly to everybody, struck out into an extemporary prayer, which filled the bosom of every man present. I must confess I never heard a better prayer or one so well pronounced. Episcopalian as he is, Dr. Cooper himself, Adam's personal pastor, Never prayed with such fervor, such ardor, such earnestness and pathos, and in language so elegant and sublime, for America, for the Congress, for the province of Massachusetts Bay, and especially the town of Boston. It has had an excellent effect upon everybody here. I must beg you to read that 35th Psalm. And I think, folks... If I can get away with it, excuse me, and y'all can stick with me for just a second, that's exactly what we will do. Uh, and it is a little bit of a lengthy psalm, folks, but I'm going to read through it because this was the first act of our Congress, not what we get sold in education and popular culture today so much that our founders wanted to push Christianity to the side, that they wanted your Christian life to be secondary, to be some 
something you did in a closet by yourself and never left your house and never touched the public sphere, right? That's a total lie, total lie. So the first act of our Continental Congress, I, I just can't emphasize that enough, folks. I can't. The very first act is this prayer and this psalm read from the Bible in this prayer. This is where our nation was founded, not on this idiocy of all religions are created equal, or you can't have Christianity in education. You can't have God in the Bible and the Ten Commandments and Jesus Christ in courthouses. You can't talk about that. That can't be the foundation of our country. It is the foundation of our country. God is the only foundation of our country. Everything else comes from that. A Psalm of David, Psalm 35. Plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for my help. Also draw out the spear and stop those who pursue me. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let those be put to shame and brought to dishonor who seek after my life. Let those be turned back and brought to confusion who plot my hurt. Let them be like chaff before the wind, and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord pursue them. For without cause they have hidden their net for me in a pit, which they have dug without cause for my life. Let destruction come upon him unexpectedly, and let his net that he has hidden catch himself. Into that very destruction let him fall, and my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like you? Delivering the poor from him who is too strong for him. Yes, the poor and the needy from him who plunders him. Fierce witnesses rise up. They ask me things that I do not know. They reward me evil for good to the sorrow of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting, and my prayer would return to my own heart. I paced about as though he were my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one who mourns for his mother. But in my adversity, they rejoiced and gathered together. Attackers gathered against me, and I did not know it. They tore at me and did not cease. With ungodly mockers at feasts, they gnashed at me with their teeth. Lord, how long will you look on? Rescue me from their destructions, my precious life from the lions. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people. Let them not rejoice over me who are wrongfully my enemies, nor let them wink with the eye who hate me without a cause. For they do not speak peace, but they devise deceitful matters against the quiet ones in the land. They also open their mouth wide against me and said, aha, aha, our eyes have seen it. This you have seen, O Lord. Do not keep silence, O Lord. Do not be far from me. Stir up yourself and awake to my vindication, to my cause, my God and my Lord. 
Vindicate me, O Lord my God, according to your righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. Let them not say in their hearts, Ah, so we would have it. Let them not say we have swallowed him up. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion, who rejoice at my hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor, who exalt themselves against me. Let them shout for joy and be glad, who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. First act of our Congress, folks, Mr. the Reverend, Mr. Dutch, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, that's where our country started, right there. Declaration of Independence. Even before that, folks, you can go back and we do sometimes before that. We are a Christian land. We are a Christian nation. We are a Christian republic. And we can only survive as such. Do not listen to any of the lies out there. Those people are deceitful. They're lost. They're ignorant. Do not listen to that. Listen to the truth. Look to God. Turn to him and his son, Jesus Christ. That is the only hope. They are the only hope our nation has. Before any politician or public servant, and our founders knew it. That's why they turned there first. They knew that we had to turn to God. Folks, spread the truth wherever you can. Light a candle in the darkness. Influence those that you have the ability to influence because you all do have some. God bless y'all. God bless America. We will talk to y'all again real soon.